0: Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 122, Empty Nester Syndrome. Thank you for joining me today. You can check me out at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. You can also listen to this podcast anywhere you love listening to your favorite podcast. Now let's pop in our earbuds and take a ride together well we're full into the school year of 2023 2024 how are you all doing out there whether you're a student high school middle school college or you're a parent or you're an empty nester how is the school year going for you well the title of this is empty nesters syndrome now empty nester syndrome is not a psychiatric diagnosis but it does have characteristics of things that we do experience when we have some mental health issues. Now, a syndrome is when a bunch of feelings are kind of combined together over one particular issue or thing, a syndrome. An empty nester is someone whose children have moved away, gotten married, technical school, the first time in college, and there's no kids at home anymore. You may be a single, divorced, or married parent, but your nest is empty. So the emptiness along with feelings that go with a syndrome becomes empty nester syndrome. Now, some of the emotions and things that an empty nester goes through is stress, depression, anxiety, feelings of loneliness, Feelings of unimportance or a lack of purpose, and feeling like you have no control over your kids anymore. Yes, parents, I know how difficult that is because as parents, we kind of micromanaged all of their events and their activities, and even if Last year was their senior year in high school, their senior pictures, their yearbooks, their homecoming, their prom, their homecoming parades, all the different things that they did, school rings. We helped micromanage their schedule for all those things to happen for them while they were learning and applying to colleges and whatnot. Well, now if your child has gotten married and moved out, started a technical school technical school moved away, start a college, your nest is empty. Empty nester syndrome tends to affect people in their 40s and 50s. Well, I fall into that 50s category because I did have my second child a little bit older, but in the 40s and 50s age range. And statistically, don't get mad at me, guys, but it statistically tends to affect the moms more. And I know a lot of you dads especially if you're a single dad you do a lot for your kids but for the mother the nurturing from the moment the child's been in their womb or if you've adopted a child the moment that that child's come into your life the mom has that nurturing caretaker role and so for a lot of moms and parents and dads out there when their nest is empty They really don't know how to identify themselves. There's a lack of purpose or identity of figuring out who are they? Who am I? How do I function in this this new world? Not to mention the emptiness of your home. The feeling of not hearing your child laugh or even if they're on their phone with their boyfriend for all hours of the night. Just knowing your child is there makes a difference, and when they're not there, there is a sense of change in your home environment. All this happens as an empty nester. How do we cope? How do we identify mechanisms? Really, I think part of it is you really need to sit with yourself for a moment. Some of you may feel more sad than others, The average empty nester syndrome lasts about three months, but for some, it can last up to a year. And I think that the length of time, one, has to do with what your life looks like, but two, how you're utilizing coping mechanisms. Are you just kind of flying through it and just day by day and not trying to find new coping mechanisms and so that emptiness is constantly there and you don't yourself evolving into this empty nester. You're fighting it. You're struggling with it. That's due probably to a lack of wanting to cope, really cope with it. I, for me, I'm doing pretty good. I have my ups and downs. Last week was the first time I probably really had a good cry over it. Just acknowledging where I am in my life at this point and what will my life look like in a few fu- in the future? And so these are the things that an empty nester begins to go through. Sometimes it can be, you can almost not function. I know when my first daughter went away, it wasn't empty nester syndrome because I still had another child, but she was still leaving my nest, and I was I could say depressed for the first three months. I didn't even want to walk in her room and i felt her absence and i've grown and i've evolved and i've gotten older and known what to expect a little bit more but my kids are seven years apart so i had a big gap and trying to adjust and they're they're both very different one always called me all the time this one calls me sometimes but texts me all the time so you have to evaluate your relationship with your child too whether they've just gotten married or they've moved away and you have to navigate navigating as a parent is one of our hardest things that we can do your children have different personalities and different needs and each of them has to be dealt with in a different way and navigate them in a different way i'll give you an example of one difficulty that i've had with being in the beginning i'm i guess i'm almost on a month of being an empty nester, I think I'm on my fourth week now, so this will be a month mark. My daughter and I are very much alike and so we would tend to butt heads, but when I start to give opinions or she's getting busy with stuff and I want to say, are you doing your work? Are you getting things done? Are you doing your laundry? She gets defensive. So, I had to start to learn as a coping mechanism that I have to acknowledge she's an adult. I have to acknowledge that this is her time to learn to um, excel or fail at things, but learn on her own. And so, I have been doing the proverbial biting of my tongue and not saying those things so that i can create when i do have conversations with her that she's not feeling like i'm still trying to micromanage her she should be managing herself but yet how fair is that to me is it like this switch that i flip on and off now that she's no longer home am i supposed to just change my behaviors and stop doing the things that i've been doing with her for 18 years it's really difficult as a parent to flip that switch and immediately go from child at home helping them with things and teaching them things to now they're on their own and having to really learn some of those life lessons on their own even though I may have gone to college and I've experienced some of the things that she is she has to learn on her own and so I've learned to bite my tongue and not say those things to give her the sense that I know she's an adult, I know that she knows the right thing to do, and I have to trust in that. If you are finding that your newly bird that's flown from the nest is getting angry at you because maybe you are struggling and you're overstepping sometimes, the best thing you can do, honestly, is talk to them explain and validate you understand their new life experiences and they're evolving but let them know that you're a person too and that you're struggling and and you don't want them to change their behaviors you want them to move forward and enjoy and evolve but they also have to understand that you're struggling because this has been your entire relationship with that child since the day they were in your arms And so it's a transition for you, and sometimes we have to make our children understand that we're people too, and we have feelings too, and our lives revolved around our children, and then one day it no longer does. And so expressing that with your children, I feel, is really imperative, because if they want to be treated as an adult then you can talk to them as an adult and let them understand that they need to hear you and your feelings. Because let's face it, as a parent, we don't really sit a lot and talk about feelings when we're struggling with our child or their behaviors. You might say, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, but we don't really dig deep and talk because really that's not the role. We're supposed to try to help them do different difficult situations, give them some advice, and let them grow from it so as they're transitioning to an adult they need to start to look at you as you're an individual and a person and you're going through this change just as well and I get it it's not so easy and sometimes they don't want to listen but you may have to use little cues like could you give me five minutes to listen I'd like to tell you how I'm feeling I'd like to tell you what I'm going through and they may be a little resistant, but if you continue with this coping mechanism of expressing to them that I'm going through change, I'm not asking you to change, I'm not asking you to do anything different than you are, I'm just asking you that when I feel like I'm putting my two cents in a little too much, understand that I'm trying to change that, but it's a, it's a habit and a behavior that I've been doing for 18 years and now I have to transition with you while you're transitioning into your new life. So open communication is a great, great coping mechanism. I have felt that a little lonely, even though I know there's people out there who are empty nesters, including my friends, but you kind of feel like you're in this world and nobody knows what you're going through and the struggles you're going through and how every day, you have to plan for yourself and identify ways to keep yourself busy in a new way. I'm finding that I need to get up because I don't have to get up, but I need to get up and I need to get dressed and I need to be doing something during the day to feel productive. And that's a big thing, especially if you're a stay-at-home parent or a parent with so many nowadays, right, who who work at home. So finding those things because you have more of a flexible schedule, keeping that routine for yourself can be vital. Okay, so here's some coping mechanisms that I've identified that I've used myself, that I've seen others use, that I've encouraged clients to use when they've been an empty nester. If you can't get all these as I'm talking, go to my blog at wideopenspaceswithlease.com and you can read this blog and you can see the full list of coping mechanisms that I am suggesting that might help you. One that I would recommend is reaching out to fr- friends and family who have gone through this before and express your feelings of your fear that of your child's safety. I mean, a big thing when a kid goes away, especially to colleges, are they safe? Are they walking with a partner, a friend? Are they walking in the dark alone? Are they paying attention to the the atmosphere? When they're going to a party, are they watching their drinks? I mean, it's very stressful. These are all the thoughts that go through a parent's head, not just an empty nester, but a kid who started college or moved to a different city, you know, a, a hip and hop city like maybe Nashville, where they know there's a lot of bars and things going on. So talk to somebody who, family or friends who you know have been through this and see how they've coped. And even just having to express this to them will be a big relief and they'll probably calm your fears down let's face it we all get stuck in our heads sometimes and our fears can become irrational another one improve your social life i know yes it takes work to improve your social life but nothing in life comes easy or free and it does take work Find ways to improve your social life or reach out to people that you've kind of lost touch with, but always loved being, but you're just, both have been busy and and reach out to them. Maybe they'll get a cup of coffee with you. Start to increase that social life for yourself. Another good thing is it may be three months from now, but plan a visit to see your child in their new environment. This will give you a chance to see how well or not well that they're coping. And then you can either have discussions with them or your your mind and your emotions can be put at ease because you're seeing that they're thriving and they're doing so well. I know this is going to sound kind of lame, but get some new hobbies. Find something new, different to do for yourself. I just bought myself a crystal singing bowl, a big one, 10-inch singing bowl, and I'm learning how to use it and not only can I use it with clients, I can use it with myself. I can use it on my podcast. So this is a new thing that I'm experiencing because I just love the way a singing bowl sounds. The vibrations I feel are very therapeutic for me. So find a new habit. You know, find sometime a new thing that you can do for yourself. Uh, find ways to keep yourself busy. Keeping yourself busy will decrease your worry and your anxiety because you'll be doing things. Plan each something each day to do to get up and do. One day it may just be going to the market, shopping, whatever it is, taking a walk, but make plans and keep that routine. Routines are something that our brain relies on. Most of us function well when we have set routines. But yet be flexible enough when those routines kind of can't happen for some reason, we have to be able to adapt as well. As I mentioned before, be open and honest with your kids. Let them know who you are and what you're feeling. If you continue to struggle, and some of you might, don't think you're a failure. It's just that you're struggling. This is a major transition in life, becoming an empty nester. And don't feel embarrassed to reach out for professional help. Sometimes we just need somebody else to notice our patterns or how we may be self-sabotaging or still trying to micromanage our children. And they'll be able to give you insight into that and ways to cope with that. So I think it's important if you're having a hard time, really, really reach out to a professional. Okay, get to know yourself better. Yeah, Remember, you're telling your kid that you're an adult and you're going through things. Well, get to know yourself better. Spend some time alone with yourself and your thoughts. It really does help because you're changing. And and maybe the last time you really sat with yourself and tried to get to know yourself better, it was 10 years ago, and you're a totally different person now. So really try to incorporate that. Hang out with other people that are going through these same type of, maybe it's not empty nester, or their child just got married, or their child's off at boarding school, whatever it is, they've moved out, but somebody else going through these types of life-altering events, because it's great to have that camaraderie, right? Somebody can understand how you feel and, and just make you feel like, okay, I'm not crazy, Okay, yeah, my kid's doing that in school, and okay, yeah, they yell at me too when I say that to them. It just helps get through the process, and especially over that initial three month, uh, three months of going through that empty nester syndrome. Plan some self care for yourself. Yes, now you have time to pamper yourself, my friends. I know you do do it very often. Now incorporate self-care and pampering into your weekly schedules. And here's a big one. If you have a significant other, make time to be with them. Statistically, and I look at statistics because obviously they've taken some type of survey or things that have been reported Statistically, when kids go away and you're an empty nest, the divorce rate tends to rise. And part of it is because you've always had these children to deflect and distract and to focus on. And so your relationship doesn't get the attention that it may have needed or was okay because you both were busy with being parents but now you don't have that job anymore. And now you're with a spouse that you might not know as well or as individuals just yourself. So they notice that the divorce rate goes up. But here's an interesting fact. Since COVID, empty nesters, the divorce rate has decreased. And my perception of this is that A lot of us were at home with our significant others, whether it's a spouse or just a partner. We were stuck in the house with them. We didn't have places we could go. Maybe we took rides in a car or went somewhere with a mask on all the time, but we were stuck at home. And I think that has gotten a lot of the more recent empty nesters are thriving more in their relationships because they've kind of had this time. Their kids were in their room doing virtual school and they were both working from home or one of them was working from home and one's a stay at home parent. And so they've learned how to navigate and get to know each other. And so as they move into this empty nester syndrome phase, they've already got a few steps ahead on working on their relationships with their significant other. So please do not, do not neglect Your significant other spouse this is the time not only to sit with yourself and get to know yourself but to get to know them in a different light as well if you don't put the time and energy this is where I feel that people just slowly slowly drift apart and don't really know each other anymore and then one or both are asking for a separation another great coping mechanism that I've been using is I write down my feelings. It could just be a couple words because I don't really know what I'm necessarily, why I'm feeling a certain way or what might've provoked this feeling. Last weekend I was like just irritated with my child, almost angry. And by putting down the feelings, it gives me insight to what's going on within myself. This is the part about getting to know yourself better. So by jotting down just feelings or an incident that happened and this is how I felt starts to give you an insight into yourself and maybe shows you a pattern, a pattern of that is not the healthiest pattern or something you did that worked really well so you know to use it in the future. So document documenting your feelings and your experiences can be a great great coping mechanism for yourself. Remember I talked about self-care and pampering Well, I did something interesting this week. A lot of resorts, whether it's a resort on the beach or a resort in Arizona in the desert, they have like these day passes for $25, $45 where you can just go to their hotel and use their facilities. And sometimes you can use their saunas and their steam rooms. Well, I decided to go to a spa that I've never been to and I haven't done a spa probably in a year, I think. And I love doing spas, but let's face it, they're expensive and you want to be able to have a whole day, right? You want to use, because once you get a spa treatment, you can use their facilities. And when you had to pick your kid up from school all day, who was going to waste that kind of money when you couldn't get a full day experience? And then on the weekends, there's never time so now I've got time and so I wanted to commit to myself by going to a spa that I've never been to before and this spa was Evara spa in Fort Lauderdale and Beach and not only did I do and I'm gonna place it on Instagram today one of the coolest massages that I've ever done it was on this table that had like a wood frame And it had in it, it was filled with what looked like sand, but was crystals like in sand particles. And you lay on this heated bed with a sheet over these particles and it kind of embraces and kind of cups around your body. And with the massage, they use hot crystals on your body and also they tilt and raise your feet at times, your head at times and so it was this whole experience not to mention the music and as i was laying there an instrumental piece of the song lullaby close your eyes and goodnight. i kind of chuckled to myself like don't fall asleep because this is the greatest massage and experience and so with that massage i got to use the sauna the steam room the quiet room the salt room if you've never done a salt room there's salt rooms all over the country. You can actually just book like a 30-minute session. Great for your lungs, your nasal passages, like if you suffer from allergies or asthma. So they had the salt room, the quiet room. We had lunch. They had sun decks with um, lounge chairs and umbrellas, and we could go down to the beach and get a lounge chair and umbrella on the beach if we chose to, to feel the sand between our toes. It was an eight-hour experience because I had the time now to pamper and take care of myself. And one of the biggest things I have to say to you, empty nesters, whatever your financial situation is, there are ways to pamper yourself, to take care of yourself. Go on Amazon. I'm doing this for a little girls get together with friends. There are so many inexpensive products out there that you can purchase to pamper yourself at home. I purchased these eye masks that when you open them up, they heat up, they're disposable and you put on you put them on your eyes to decrease puffiness, relaxation and they even say they're great for migraines. I'll be placing it on my website with my Amazon favorites but there's things like booties that you put on that have eucalyptus and nourishing things and, and face masks and I could go on and on of all the cool things that are on there. So if you can't afford a spa, Bring the spa to your home. Maybe have some friends over and have a little spa day in your house. If you've got a community pool or a pool in your apartment complex, go hang out by the pool with some friends. Begin to pamper yourself. Maybe it's empty nest or friends that you go with. But this is something that I've begun to commit to myself because let's face it, as parents, we put ourselves last. Well, now I've done all the work they're all out of the nest and i can pamper myself and i can fulfill some of my needs that were always put on the back burner because our kids come first financially physically emotionally but now i can start to come first what a novel concept that is this is another way that i am personally dealing with empty nest syndrome i know it's hard I know it's hard to change the mechanisms and the thought processes of your home being full of kids. And I know it's a hard transition. I know it because I'm going through it myself. But I really have to, and you have to, make the effort to change, to adapt, to identify who you are now and what do you want from your life and this stage of your life. The term empty nester, well, it makes me feel kind of old. I'll be honest. And I've been doing this mini series of talking about loss of control and boundaries and moving on with life transitions. And they all were building up to this podcast of empty nester syndrome. And I may touch base on it as time goes on. But this will be the last one where I solely devote to this time period because most of us who have been empty nesters or just were in August because our last child went off to school or moved out or got married. We're kind of in that phase where we really have gotten over the shock. And if we haven't, we have to start to work through it. Otherwise, it can become debilitating. Otherwise, we're not living our lives to the fullest potential. I mean, isn't that what we treat our children? We want them to live their lives to the fullest potential. Well, now at this phase in your life, you deserve to live your life to its fullest potential. Go to my Instagram account or I now, Wide Open Spaces with Elise, is now on TikTok. I don't know. I felt like I needed to go there. We'll see how it goes, folks. I'm not sure about it yet, but I've started to do some TikToks, my Insta, Wide Open Spaces with Elise, on Facebook. And I've been doing little quick videos sometimes the videos will be when i'm struggling one i took at the spa today i will post what that crystal table looks like so if you are an empty nester or you're experiencing loss or a breakup and you're struggling check out those places to look at my little clips and videos i'll be giving little coping skills and things that i might be doing or i think that to encourage you to incorporate in your life. So even though I may not be devoting a blog or my podcast to empty nesters, there will be things on my social media that can still help you and get you through this difficult time in your life. Thank you so much for joining me at Wide Open Spaces with Elise. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy and go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. Remember, open your heart, your mind, and your soul and see where your life can go. And until next time, my friends, ciao.